Welcome to the AfroTalent Accelerator podcast brought to you by Theofane Dima. Embark on an inspirational journey as we delve into the lives of Africa's foremost visionaries. Together, we'll explore the strategies, tactics, and mindsets that fuel businesses across the African continent. From funding techniques to investment insights, we're here to empower your entrepreneurial aspirations in Africa and beyond. Hello, welcome once more to a new episode of the Afro Talent Accelerator Podcast. And joining me today is a really distinguished, special guest. I'm so honored, so proud to have him on the show today to share his story, his incredible story. So welcoming to the show today is Mr. Bashumuna. Thank you again very much and welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Theo. I'm so honored. So it's my pleasure. <laughs> I, I mean, really, the honor is ours, you know. So, uh, Mr. Basho, you, you started singing back in school and yeah. it's kind of incredible how you've transformed that passion into a lifelong musical adventure. So you guys listening us, to us today, um, Mr. Basho is an internationally well-known composer, songwriter, performer, uh, arranger. He is well known in the international scene, in the jazz music, piano music, and everything which has to do with promoting the African uh, culture through his musical art. So, Mr. Basho, uh, your ability to actually create melodies, even when you didn't have access to instruments, uh, using paper, for example, to draw a keyboard and exercise your memory reflects your sheer dedication. And that's one of the reasons why you're on the show today. Um, your journey has taken you across several African countries uh, where you collaborated with musicians and conducted an, an orchestra, for example, in Nigeria back in the days uh, known as the Sokoto Fishing Festival. Uh, your resilience in the face of political unrest, which you are definitely going to unpack in this conversation, showcases your commitment to your craft, to your music, and also your sharing of your story and promoting your culture. So uh, since around the 90s, uh, you are based in Belgium, in Europe, where you've created a unique musical fusion combining Afro jazz, Afro pop, and you know your native rhythms with funk, soul, and jazz. Your recent album, for example, Back to the Roots, is a testament to this incredible fusion. I mean, you guys listening to us today, please, uh, we encourage you to really have uh, listened to this album if you haven't done it before. So your drive to collaborate with experienced musicians, as I mentioned a couple of minutes ago, worldwide is kind of, it's really admirable. And I'm personally intrigued by how you sought out exceptional talent like, you know, you've uh, collaborated with well-known artists like Zé Luis, the Brazilian percussionist, uh, and other gifted artists, you know, just to name a few, Mike uh, Markovsky, uh, the famous uh, uh, maestro uh, from Cuban, uh, Cucho Valdez, and, and, and a lot more, you know. So today I'm eager to dive a little bit more into your story, into your musical journey, and I really want to be able to profit from your experience and also that our audience today get inspired, not only uh, from you know, listening to your music, but also be inspired by the journey and by the man behind the music. So once more again, welcome to the Afro Talent Accelerator podcast. 
Thank you so much, Dale. Thank you so much. It's a great honor for me. Oh, yeah, the honor is ours as well. So, sir, uh, I mean, when I met you, I really didn't really know that uh, there, there, there is so much, you know, behind the man because we fans in general, we just kind of stay to the level of the music or the art, you know. But um, I had the opportunity to exchange a little bit more with you, to spend a little bit more time with you. And you guys listening to us today, really, it's a live, a game-changing experience. You have a lot, a lot to share, especially with a young generation, you know, from where you come from and from for where you are actually uh, today. So, but before we unpack a little bit more, so when I say Nigeria, what memories come into your mind? <laughs> uh, a lot of memories, you know, Nigeria has been, um, I would say, um, a wide range of experience. Uh, when I pop in, uh, I mean, even before popping in in Nigeria, you know, uh, those days I was not having money. Uh, and then when I, I I went to uh, say goodbye to my uh, one of my best uh, cousin uh, who in the passed away. So I was in north part, the northern part of Cameroon, which is called um, Marwa. Uh, and so I hit the road with no money in the pocket. I was having uh, an equivalent of, um, I think. <laughs> 15 to 20 euro, uh, if uh, I'm, a, I, I'm, a, I'm a guest, uh, I was like 17,000 francs safer. <laughs> so, I, and, I, and I paid my, you know, my transportation for the first uh, city uh, called um, uh, Yola. And uh, many things happened on the way. You know, when I left, I left um, home, say goodbye to everybody. When I arrived in the border of Nigeria, I mean, in the border of Cameroon, you know, to before hitting the road to Nigeria, and, and I was stopped by the the border gate. Uh, the policeman dead. If we had told me that I was not having um, a passport, uh, which was right. But, and but then, sir, uh, sir, so sorry, sorry, just to pop up a little bit more, you know, uh, can you kind of give us a little bit of uh, origin again, where you are actually coming from? You know, you were reading from Cameroon and how oh, yes, um, actually oh, started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> sorry for that. So, yes, I'm originally from Cameroon, from Douala. Uh, so I was, and, and Cameroon is a really white country. So my cousin was in the northern part of the States. So when I went, it's almost almost 2,000 miles from Douala. So I flew over there to to go and meet him. So when my time, the time came that I have to hit the roads, I hit the roads and I was stopped in the, by the border guard. And uh, they took me out of the car, you know, so saying, okay, you don't have passport, you don't have laissez-passe, so you cannot go. And I was the only, only person who was pulled out of the car. So I stayed there. They said, okay, we got, they say, I'm, we're going to put you in another car. Then you go back. I said, no, I'm not going to go back, guys. You see? <laughs> I mean, the only person <laughs> in the whole bus. Or... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Then I told them, no, I'm not going to go back because I say goodbye to everybody. So I'm not going to go back. I have to continue my way. 
Then they say, you cannot continue your way. Then I say, okay, I want to talk to your boss. Where's your boss? Then they say the boss was, wasn't there. So, so I sat down the, the whole day with them, you know. So uh, we, we got familiar with us because I was told them I'm an artist. So I was traveling to go, you know, to Nigeria because I was having a lot of some stuff to do over there. And the whole day, I was there from 9 o'clock till 7, uh, from 9 a.m. till 7 wow. p.m. <laughs> and then sitting there with a the guy that was so kind, you know, I love, I love home, you know, so they got some food with, they, they invite me to share the food with them. So I shared the food with them oh, and, and I really stayed with them. Uh, then the, 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 the youngest uh, officer was there. I told him, listen, when your boss come in, please let me know because I got to talk to him. So I was there all day and around 8 p.m. the boss popped in. And then the guy said, that's the boss. So I walk over there to his office. I met him. I say, hi, boss. Uh, I say, hello, uh, young boy. What's going on? And, so, and I told him my story. So listen, I'm going to Nigeria. And you guys stop me on the way because I don't have passport. But that's right. I don't have passport. So I tried several times to get a passport. And you know the story in the country there. It's how things goes on. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So he, he said, oh, you know, Nigeria is very dangerous and so on. I say, yes, I know. Do you get some money to pay transport? I said, of course, I got money. So there's no problem for that. You know, I'm going for recording. Um, so I said, okay. He called the guys. I said, hey, listen, guys, you got to find, you know, a transport for him right now. So find an occasion, you know, and then and put him in the car, let him go. Yeah, it was crazy. almost 9, 9 p.m. and there's no, there was no chance, there was no chance anymore to have, <laughs> car. you know, any car to go into Nigeria on that time. So I sat there with the guys and then around 10 o'clock, um, there was a private car, you know, coming, who stopped there in the border. So they, it seems someone very known to them. So they, greet, uh -huh. they greeted him saying, hey, Uga, you know, <laughs> they, then they say hello. <laughs> so the yeah. guy say hello to them. Then say, we have a passenger here for you. And then he said, does it have money? I say, yes, of course I do. So <laughs> that's how I, I got a private car. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I this... into, this this is incredible sir it, it really shows how determined and uh, you know driven you were at the time it, and just for the audience exactly. to understand something you know at the context at this day at this time i think it was in the 80s right if i'm not mistaken yeah that was that was exactly uh in uh 1980 yeah, that's most exactly 1980 yeah, yeah exactly so, and at that time i mean having the passport, around january 1980 exactly <laughs> okay, and, and at that time, really, like, just for you guys to understand, this time, uh, it wasn't really easy to make not a passport, you know, not at no, all, not, not everybody not could, at all. <laughs> could <laughs> afford no, a passport. Exactly. It was the passport was a privilege for, you know, politicians or the people who has a lot of money and, and it wasn't easy as today. It is no, it was something like it was like a goal, you know, to have a passport. Yeah, you know? yeah, sure. So. Sure. So we, so, so sir, I just, just like, just to, you know, uh, when you were actually leaving for Nigeria, did you have a destination in mind? Did no. you know you were going to a place and you had to go no. to Nigeria? No, I, I didn't, I didn't have a specific de destination. I didn't have a place. I was, you know, I was, um, I was like oriented with the city where the, there's, there's a band, 
uh, there was a lot of pain. So this was giving me an opportunity, you know, to get job and find. So this was my focus. I was just really, uh, uh, I was searching for those cities where there's a lot of pain. And those there, you know, there were no less DJ and, and there was really, you know, time with band, you know, with live performances. Um, so my first, that was, that's the thing that was giving me like, you know, the orientation, how to dive. So mm -hmm. I knew I had a friends in uh, Eula and other friends in Kaduna where there was some bands, but I haven't been there before. So I did a road for the first city Nigeria, so and in in Eura, to get in Eura from Eura, then I was dri driving to go down. I mean, I was driving. I was taking a bus to go directly to Kaduna because some of my friends were there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, on our way with this gentleman, we were chatting. We were, you know, we had some chat conversation. So I told him, "Listen, I'm an artist. Oh, you're an artist? Yes." I said. Uh, so I'm going to Nigeria because I'm going to meet some other friends who are already there. And uh, uh, I, I told him I was playing first in, uh, in uh, you know, in uh, uh, English parts in Cameroon uh, in a city called uh, Tiko. And then he said, oh, were you playing there? I said, yes. And I was playing also in a bar. And we think, and I said, I was coming in that bar. And we think, and were you the one playing there with other guys? I said, yes. So you see, everything changed at that moment. Wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, you, you know, we were not anymore unknown people. Unknown people. So it was like, yes. So and I remember you. You were playing. I said, yes, it's me, sir. So, you know, we got in the um, Nigeria border. He told they, they greeted him because the guy was doing business. So we're going through and forth, you know, from Cameroon to Nigeria. And so, mm -hmm. so they greeted him. He said, Oh, this is my guy. You know, we're just going together. So he just crossed the border with no. <laughs> nobody bothered you anymore. No, nobody bothers <laughs> me at all. And so I got into Nigeria and this guy took me to his house. He slept on his sofa. Then he let me sleep on his bed. I will never forget this. That's the, uh, I mean, that's the African spirit, really. That yeah, it's uh, really kind of it's it's really pleasant to see how people were that welcoming without really any fear of that's a strange exactly exactly. Yeah. So uh, it was really was he treated me really like you know uh, I'm say like a prince and uh, there was I've never forget this and and uh, uh, during the next day he called his young brother after sharing breakfast with me. He called his young brother and told him, listen, take him to the uh, gas station and put him, make sure he's in the right bus, taking him to Kaduna. Wow. And that was my, you know, my first step, uh, getting to Nigeria. And that's what's happened. So when I arrived in Kaduna, um, <laughs> I was in the station, uh, you know, I'm in the station and I got, a, I, I knew there was a club. So I was asking all those guys, you know, uh, hustling around the, the gas station. Do you know what is this the, the club here with the band? Yes, yes. So they give me the name of the club and they put me in a taxi and then I drove over there. So when I drove over there, <laughs> wow, 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 wow. It, was, it was a surprise. So I met, uh, that's another story again, you know, uh, I met some, some friends over there and uh, they, they took me to, there were two bands, and they took me to one band where they needed a keyboard. So from uh -huh. that moment, you know, when I just arrived and I got, so I started working in that band. Uh, and so after we left from Eula, 
I like actually have a, I, I actually have a kind of a question because when um before you le- before you actually started your your because that actually marks your real your journey you know, in, in Nigeria. Yeah. Because from yeah. there there are a lot again which happens how you struggled <laughs> around in Niger- in Nigeria but until you 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 started you founded another band even but um, exactly. when you were starting there did you already have uh you were already like a master of your arts in the keyboard or you were just a singer I was I was performing you know yeah on that time already I would not say really master but I was playing keyboard it was in the same level like as I'm doing today I was playing keyboard so I was playing with band um but just really playing with band not playing in solo today I you know I'm I'm having solo pianist uh, concert solo pianist which is something quite different you know we mm-hmm. talk we talk about this this uh, other stage of my life so there I was, yeah, I was playing with bands and, and um, so I rehearsed with the bands and we started playing uh, and, and then many things happened on the way, you know, um, I'm always serious for everything and devoted for everything I'm doing, you know, right. a lot of things to be well done. And yeah. uh, so in the band, the band owner who was a DPO or a police DPO was having the band. Uh, and the club was so happy, you know, with, you know, my performance. And I still remember again, he had a friend, no, a brother who was coming from uh, UK, came there once and he told him, listen, the day you lost this guy from your band, you will not have any band oh. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so something very uh, special happened during that period when i was playing in that band with the marafa club um we were selected to represent the state of kaduna among the 19 states and natural house 19 states wow. by wow. those days i don't know if it is changed now so uh we were selected to uh, represent the state of kaduna, kaduna at the sokoto fishing festival mm-hmm. and um when uh the band leader uh, came to announce this to everybody uh we were so happy because that was a great privilege then he said he called me uh, around everybody say stand up basho and then i stand up and then he said hey, listen gentlemen as from now is basho is gonna be the band leader uh, to conduct uh the band to the sokoto fishing festival and i say well I was, I mean, those guys was <laughs> having the I age mean, of my mom. This is incredible. This is the guy who, who uh, was barely going uh, uh, where uh, he was going to Nigeria. I mean, uh, and, and then I was like, uh, how am I going to do with all those, you know, fathers around? I got to give them instruction. They say, yes, of course, we all going to submit to your order. You're going to direct the band. I mean, how, how old were you then at the time? Because it's worth really noting. I was 21. Wow. That's in, that's really amazing. That's I was 21. Really amazing. I was 21. Then I was supposed to manage people 40, 50 years old. Wow. Um, then I said, okay. That was a big responsibility. Oh, of course. Um, it, is. it is. So I, the, the, we were, there was a band of 16 musicians. So I have to direct 16 musicians uh i still remember <laughs> that was a big challenge uh you know it was a very very big challenge for me um i didn't want it to fail so 
I keep them working and they were cooperating. So this was just fantastic. They was really cooperating. Everybody was cooperating to, and I took the level of the band very, very high, very, very, very high. So we went to perform around the 19th state. We won the fourth place, wow. which is, uh, was so fantastic. <clears throat> we came back home with some money, with, uh, you know, with a lot of honors. And yeah, uh, that was, <laughs> of course, with a lot of fame and just, it's really incredible. You know, you were 21 at the time. Yeah. It's, it's really because, uh, for, for, for you guys to really understand this, uh, at the time, not everybody was really, as, was first of all, you know, uh, 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 able to have this opportunity to play in, 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 a, in a musical band. Because at the time, yeah. there, were, there were no social media and that kind of stuff. That means exactly. it was really limited the people who, who did music and the people who did music was of high quality, really high quality. Oh, great. So uh, this... For me, that was a big, big school, a big challenge on then. I mean, and this privilege helped me to discover myself and to discover my, the powers in me and the ability of, you know, facing such great challenges. Um, and then uh, <laughs> other things, and another, something else happened who was, was in that phone. Uh, so on our way back, you know, I, I have to let you know that what, what was happening in the band is we were not having this really salary, you know, the, the DPO <laughs> police was very, <laughs> was some guys very, very, uh, very strong guy with a lot of power, you know, as I said, DPO police officer, so, uh, you, you mean the state, the state of Kaduna, the state of Kaduna is more bigger than the, the whole country of Belgium. So. Wow. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, sure, sure. so you could understand the power of this guy. Oh, so, yes. Oh, yes. uh, he was so influent and having a strong personality that all the other musician we has almost the same age as him when they were all afraid of him, you know, so they were all in the same situation. Like I do, uh, we were, he was just giving us an allowance the way he wanted, you know, sometimes gives you 50 euro a week. So give you a 50 naira a week or hundred naira. He, I mean, he's, so yeah. nobody could tell him, listen, uh, so how much am I going to end? You know, they, they, so they, they were there. Uh, when it's not around, you know, they keep on gossiping. Yes, two days. So on the way, on my way back from Sokoto Fishing Festival, back to Kaduna, they were saying, okay, this time, yeah, we got to tell him. So we have to pay us. We have to start. So when we arrived, I was sitting there, you know, just, you know, you know, observing that. And, you know, in those days, in our education, you, when the elders are talking, you don't get into the discussion. Oh, you just yes. listen. Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> Obs yes. Observing. Oh, yes. So I was expecting that something uh, extraordinary is going to come when we, we're going to do the meeting. And then we tell mm -hmm. him, according to everything I heard. So when, when we sat down for the meeting, he was happy, congratulating everybody. Um, <laughs> then... Oh, yes. I was there sitting quiet because I really make up my mind that I'm going to quit the band. I'm going to go, you know, continue my way. So he was asking everybody to, to express this feeling. 
Uh, everybody was talking, they were talking, saying nothing very special. And so I was sitting there saying nothing, you know, because I was disappointed hearing everything there. We're talking behind him in the car. So when I saw there was some form of him, nobody was able to tell him exactly what were they saying in the car. So I said, okay, everything, but sure you got to get out from this place because it's not, it's not your place. I mean, so, take, take, and, take the arms into your hands. <laughs> exactly. And then uh, Mr. Dana, it was, I didn't forget the name of this gentleman. It's Mr. Dana. Uh, the the DPO of the police DPO said, "Ah, oh, Basho, you know, you know, talking, you know, you not saying anything." I said, "Yes, sir. You know, I have nothing to say. That's why I'm not saying anything." <laughs> so, said, "Listen, everybody is talking. You you have to say something." I said, "Thank you, sir, but I have nothing to say." It's a listen. Oh, uh, you, you let's say something, Basho. You know, say something. <laughs> we are in the family here, yeah, so you gotta say something. I said, "Okay." So you really want me to say something? Oh. He said, yes. <laughs> I said, okay. <clears throat> As you want me to say something, I'm going to say, what I'm going to say right now is what, it just engaged me. But I want you to know that what I'm going to say is exactly what everybody yeah, is it thinking. Uh -huh. And they, they, they don't want, I mean, maybe they're afraid to tell you, but I'm talking on my personal it is oh. i'm talking personally so i said listen um since i've been here in the band uh i really pretty much appreciate that you give us a line. but for me it's really difficult to plan my life with that uh, you know i would really love to know if it's you know no if it's 50 you know 50 naira that i'm having a week or 100 naira just make it fixed so that i can organize my life he, this guy got mad uh, so what? <laughs> 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 you asking me to, <laughs> to 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 pay you? Uh, so he was, you know, when he got nervous, he would start to shake, you know. Yeah, sure. And then, <laughs> then he said, and then then he said, "Who are you to asking me to to pay you some money? I'm giving you a loan." <laughs> then. Then I stand up, then kick the table, and I say, "Who are you to tell me who, who, who am I?" What? The, what? <laughs> I said, "Now you, I'm not gonna allow you to talk to me this way anymore." So this is the end. I'm not gonna be here anymore. Wow! So you stay with your band, then I'm gone. The little bastard, twenty-one years old. <laughs> <laughs> then I stand up, then I walked away, and I say goodbye to everybody, and then I left. Oh. Then he started, then I told him, I know exactly what you're going to do. You're going to use your power to try to intimidate me, but you're not going to see me back here. I'm gone. And exactly that's what happened. Wow. I left. And the other musician came, yeah, you know, Basho is the DPO police. I said, no. But I told him already, I'm gone. Oh, that's And I, I'm not going to come back here, guys. It's over. He could do whatever he's gonna do, but I'm not gonna come back. So, the I think I mean the, the thing next. Is, it's really good that uh, uh, I mean I just want us to pause a little bit here because uh, it shows that uh, you were quite young at the time, uh, but you knew your your value. And today I'm just trying to bring it a little bit more again into our country. If you want to work directly with Afro Talent Accelerator team and receive personalized coaching or feedback on your investment project in Africa, don't hesitate to reach out to us today. 
apply now on our website at effortalentaccelerator.com or send us a direct email at info at effortalentaccelerator.com. Join our community and be part of the movement driving Africa's entrepreneurial success stories. Thanks, you know. Um, yeah. I really think that it's important for the listeners, you know, this, this young African out there who is listening to us today to, to really get note of this. You have to know your value, especially those yeah. who go abroad, you know, they just, they just, they just let them, themselves be handled anyhow. You have to know your value, but you knew your value, but you also gave the respect to others, you know. And of course. That's really what... You, you know, I, I mean, I got to mention something very, very, uh, very important. You know, uh, my mom was half German and I was raised up in a very, very strong and very strong discipline education uh, with principle, with rules. And so for me, it's really important to respect everybody, no matter the, you know, their. Sure, sure. Yeah, exactly. No tribe, no social range, or it's, it, it doesn't change. I mean, I respect people that I was raised up to respect people. Sure, sure. You know? so, uh, and so uh, when cool. he heeded me and uh, that point that he was the one who was asking me to talk and to, to express myself, then when I expressed myself, he wanted to, you know, try to intimidate me again. So, okay, so we, I, we got nothing to do anymore. That's all. So you keep your job, then I'm going to work my way. I'm not going to ask you anything anymore. And, and so I left. Uh, three days after, a uh, policeman came to my, my place, said, oh, you are invited to a police station. I said, Mr. Dana, I will send you. No, you are invited to police station. So I know. I know exactly. I know exactly what he was going to do. And I know I knew how I'm going to handle it. So I went to police station. They, when I arrived there, you know, there was a board and they put on the board cheating with my name. So I cheated. So I was like, <laughs> cheating. So, yes. So I, I spent a night in the, in the, you know, in the, in the police station. Uh, so the next day, the, the head of police officer, we, you know, we, we came there and he called me in his office to say, oh, young guy, what, what's happening with Dana? <laughs> I said, listen, sir, uh, you should know exactly what's happened. Because I don't know why I, I'm here. And I stepped here. So you got to tell me why I'm here. And I saw you put on, I mean, it was put on my name that I cheated Mr. Dana. So did you tell you that I was a cashier uh, working in this place that as a cashier? I want to understand how I cheated. <laughs> How is the cheating all about? <laughs> exactly. Then he say, yeah, no, you see, you have to go back and, and you know, arrange, arrange it with Mr. Dana. I say, no. You see, I told Mr. Dana that I'm not going to come back anymore. So if you want to make me a favor, you, you know, you have a, you know, like um, a place behind there where you shoot ham robbers. So if you haven't considered like to be uh, a cheater or a hand robber, you can go over there and take me over there and shoot me. Ooh, but my. I told Mr. Donna, I'm not, not going to come back anymore. That's over. That's great. Then he I'm said, coming back. I mean, from, 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 from this point, personally, I get from, from, from this point, how, um, you know, how I wouldn't, I wouldn't really say a hard character, but you actually knew your, your worth, your value. That's what I really uh, wanting to point in, out here. 
Um, so you left that, I mean, I mean, that's the beginning of your departure from Nigeria, because from there, there is still a lot we can unpack. Uh, exactly. Because the whole story is that big. So um, you left Nigeria, if I'm not mistaken, you found yourself in Benin. Yeah. And from Benin, you know, you 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 visited uh, or you stayed in some other countries like Togo, you know, Niger, Burkina Faso, and then you landed in Abidjan. So can you kind exactly. of a little bit uh, 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 condense this journey, you know, from this yeah. departure from Nigeria and reaching Abidjan? Exactly. So, um, well, before when I left, I stayed again in Nigeria for I think eight months because when I immediately when I left, it was a really great story, you know. So, so uh, I had a friend, uh, so as I said, um, uh, Noel Asono came to my house uh, with his friend, which was also a bass player called Tony, mm-hmm. and then. So uh, this he came with him, then introduced Tony, and then was telling me, "Listen, uh, you know, this is my friend. They they have a problem with uh, the keyboard. They bought a brand new keyboard from England, and uh, yeah, they don't have a keyboard player. And so many keyboard player came there over, and uh, this is a brand new synthesizer. It was an analogic synthesizer with a lot of keys and buttons <laughs> and thousands of keys." <laughs> <laughs> so it seems like all the keyboard players were going there. They couldn't even, you know, they were not even able to metricize and have a normal sound to play. You know, every time when you plug the key, we hear me. It was like <laughs> very, very, very confusing. So the guy will stay there one day and they will never come back. <laughs> so <laughs> he told me the whole story. Say, <laughs> say, so, so I told Tony that okay, I have my friend Basho, and I'm sure you could help them. <laughs> that was another big challenge, man. You know, always challenges. So I was like, okay, so all all the other keyboard players they couldn't they couldn't play on that keyboard. So you <laughs> and there were no manual. So the keyboard came with no manual, nothing at all. So I had some, yeah, a few minutes to think about it. Then I said, okay, I'm coming to see you that keyboard. I'm coming along with you. So I went over there. They were living in a big, um, a big house. Uh, it's a really, really big house. <laughs> it was a villa. So I got inside the villa with five rooms. Um, it seems like nobody was there. So when I get inside, Tony introduced the keyboard to me and then he left where everybody was in his own room, you know, sitting there. So I was there for almost one hour and a half, you know, trying to understand what's, what's going on with that. You know, I tried to, uh, how to say to, yes, to master that keyboard, you know, to uh so i started to understand what was like really confusing yeah meow, 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 you know all those <laughs> a lot of effects you know everywhere so after one hour and a half 
I got a sound. I started to play with the sound, uh, the sound of organ. Then I got the sound of piano. So I saw everybody was busting out of the room. You know, all of uh, them, they just, you know, I saw a lot of people. So they came there, they, 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 all those guys, they came and hugged me. I said, what's going on? <laughs> so I couldn't understand that. <laughs> then, then they start to tell me the story about this keyboard, man, how many keyboard players came in and so on. They, they're so happy. They brought it for almost three months. They were not able to rehearse because nobody could play in that keyboard. Wow. So I was like, okay, so that's that's the reason. So we started to rehearse, and uh, with this band, I did a lot of things, you know, a lot of things. We went to Lagos to record. We recorded an album. We had a TV show for 10 episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we had a lot of concerts around the, the, the uh, I mean, uh, we traveled a lot in Nigeria. So I went to Bawushi, Sokoto, um, Yola, Maduguri, uh, we were touring Kano, you know, I still remember again all the series. It's a long time. Still well, lost well, time yeah. Sorry. yeah, sure. So, uh-huh. uh, so we tour around, you know, with this band. We're having a lot of success. Uh, and I still remember one thing that's really important happened, even when we went to the, went to perform in a, in a university. Uh, uh, I think I remember the name of this city again. Anyway. It wasn't so far away. It was almost uh, more or less 70 kilometers from Kaduna. Okay. Uh, so we hired two bosses to carry the, the, the instruments and with, uh, with uh, all the band. And so we asked the drivers to, you know, because we were supposed to come back to perform on the 24th. That was on the 23, December 23. So we asked those, these guys, okay, listen, during the show, please take a nap, uh, I mean, take a sleep. Don't come in and instead because you got to drive us immediately back. back. Yeah, uh, yeah, right. exactly. So we were there. The show was going on, and then suddenly, I noticed. I said, "What's going on? It seems that this our driver dancing over there, making sure you know all the all night." <laughs> they couldn't. So, they couldn't hold it. <laughs> then, as has my keyboard, my the Tony became very my. He was really. I mean, I was friend with all the band, but Tony was my personal friend because yeah, yeah, we sure. had a special, you know, so we, we were very close, Tony and I. And then I said, Tony, uh, and we had something quite special. I don't drink, I don't smoke, no drugs. You know, he was also drug free, you know, and all yeah. the, the rest I of mean, it, you know. Really, and it's really rare in the music scene, like to, exactly. to, to have So we really like have that. many things in common, you know, but of sure. the rest were, were really in a lot of stuff, <laughs> a lot of stuff. So, mm-hmm. so I said, Tony, listen, is it, isn't our driver there? And he was looking, say yes. So I started to become very uh, anxious because that short portion of 70 kilometers in Nigeria from that university to uh, Kaduna is the most dangerous portion in the whole Nigeria. Wow. A lot of dangerous accidents always happen in that 70 kilometers. Wow. At the time, in those days. In those days. And uh, one of our um, friends, a singer, she's a Cameroonian singer lady, got an awful accident there with uh, his boyfriend who was a German guy uh, and then the driver died immediately wow. and she got the two two leg broken so you see oh, it was wow. like okay I gotta be very careful with that portion so when we finish where we, we packed everything then we we got inside the car the guy want to uh, you know start the car say no you gotta sleep you gotta sleep because you didn't sleep and I don't want you to drive us because you feel dangerous so 
or the, the first car left, then I was really assisted. I said, no, this guy is not going to have to sleep. So everybody will say, Basho, you, you know, let everybody else go. And I said, you want to take the responsibility because I don't have a good feeling with this driver. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you were right. So all the guys say, okay, yes, yes, Basho, the same star. I said, okay, let's vote. Who want to go? So all of them voted that they want to go. So I'm alone. So I said, okay, let's go. But I was sitting there near the driver, you know, just, you know, when every, any truck with a lot of trucks, it's just one way, you know, it's not, there's no, mm -hmm. there's a highway, but just no separation in between. So, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, so every time that I was seeing a big truck coming, I said, hey, watch, watch out, watch out. Are you awake? So until I did it, when all, 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 all the rest member, the rest of the member of the band, everybody was sleeping. They were snowing, you know. It was it was really deep mistake. <laughs> yeah, sure, after the show. But 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 for me, I was feeling the danger, and I said, no, I'm not gonna sleep because if I sleep, <laughs> I'm not gonna be really sure that I'm gonna wake up again. So I did it, stay awake until we got into we were almost more or less, I would say, five kilometers to the city. We got inside the city, we get out of the highway. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay. Okay, but show the dangers is not there anymore. So yeah. I also tried to close my eyes. At the moment I closed my eyes, I think three or four minutes, more or less, I heard <laughs> and then what's happened? We went out of the road. We were going to sing in the uh, men. Wow. It was uh, so the, the rest of the guys just woke up. They were shouting, crying in, in a car. It was a uh, big shock, you know, with, yes, yes, that was an awful accident. So thanks God for that. Uh, nobody got wounded, but the car got damaged and the car was suspended now on, on in a stone, you know, uh, and then we're, uh, not, we're not far away from uh, a military camp. So the military camps, they heard the stroke. So they came over there, they pulled us out. And that's how we got out of that place. And uh, uh Wow, that's. I said, thanks God. So if she I didn't stay away, then maybe uh, something away, worse would have happened. Maybe something worse could have happened on the way. Oh. So Ooh. they were all crying. So I said, oh, guy, I told you. So now, yes, they was like, hey, you. I mean, the singer was very Whoa. funny because the, <laughs> he was shaking, shaking. You this driver. I told you. I said, what? Now, now you're shaking. <laughs> I told you guys, let's sleep. <laughs> whoa, whoa. So this is so, really. This is a really crucial topic, uh, you know, driving uh, under the influence of drugs or the alcohol. It's totally yeah, and, and, and not sleep and, and not sleep. And that's yeah, the problem. He didn't sleep. He yeah. saw he was tired. He didn't sleep. Uh, and so finally, thanks God that, you know, I just want to make it short. Uh, and then suddenly, I mean, in a very short period, uh, there was the period that of uh, President Shehu Shagari. Uh, so many political this you know, disturbance started in the country, um, and a lot of discrimination, you know, um, you know, it's got a lot of trouble. So first it was Ghanaian, they were attacking Ghanaians, uh, and, and then I said to myself, okay, I got to get out from this place. Mm -hmm. And I know that many, uh, my friend was saying, yeah, you got to still say no uh, at least i'm a cameroonian i'm not nigerian so mm -hmm. i don't want to have any trouble and i don't want anybody to tell me to go where i want to go you know i don't want to mm -hmm. stay here so i gotta go but okay they say you're gonna leave us we we have you gotta 
find a way to get a Nigerian passport. I said, listen, guy, I'm not going to get it in a Nigerian passport. I'm Cameroonian. I'm not Nigerian. Mm-hmm. So that's how I definitely decided to, you know, to leave Nigeria. So oh. I went from Nigeria to Lagos, from Lagos to Benin Republic. And then when I arrived to Benin Republic, there was, there were, they had a very famous, uh, artist called Tohon Tanislas. He was touring. And then I started performing with uh, Poly Ritmo, uh, mm-hmm. and, <laughs> yeah. They, they had a very famous song, De Bouye ne pas volé, qui n'a pas travaillé, n'a pas droit au salaire. Oh, so, this okay. was a very, very famous band. <laughs> wow. And so, when I arrived there, uh, Tohon Stanislas was there, well, he wanted to make a tour, and, and uh, he they needed a keyboard. Uh, and I started to perform with, with them. We had a rehearsal, and we had a first show. We went to um, Togo. Uh, uh, and, and then uh, Angeli Kijo was making, she was performing the first part of the whole Stanislas. Uh, really, <laughs> was Angelina in... Kijo we know today, who is, I mean. Exactly, Angelina exactly. Kijo. So, you know, yeah. In, yeah, as Angelina Kijo, she, she was, before she became what she is today, she was doing the first part oh, of, yeah. uh, of uh, the whole Stanislas. So we went her, to her, to, to Togo, to perform there and then when we came back uh Stanislas had a concert to Niger Republic that's how I went to Niger Republic with him with the band and then in to Niger Republic we were invited by the Mr. Taya Kazelma he was the um uh they call it um the protocol he was the responsible of protocol protocol you know the director of uh, protocol of Mr. the President Senich Kunche. <laughs> so, you know, it was a very, very good, great, great moment. So after, uh, after this uh, show he, with Tohon Stanislav, he wanted me to stay there because he was having a private band. He wanted me to stay there to, you know, to conduct the band. So I stayed there uh, and then I didn't want to leave there. And I, all my stuff was still in, in Benin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have to fly back to Benin, then come back with cars and, and there were a lot of disturbance in the way. I don't know exactly, but yeah. after I, I was, I was stuck, uh, I will, I will make it short. This place is not a very nice, nice story. Anyway, um, so I got all this disturbance stop on the way and not knowing why, uh, I was stopping in the border and they didn't give me any really uh, reasons so i was mm-hmm. blocked in that part so and no money in the pockets uh, and then i gotta go i uh, asked the, the the police border to put me in the car and uh, would drop me back to the city the nearest city called um uh, paraku mm-hmm. so when i arrived in paraku uh, i was stuck in the the, the in the and uh, yeah, the car station, mm-hmm. uh, the all night, no money. Uh, I have no money. I, don't, I cannot pay a uh, hotel, I, all my stuff. So much of our stuff is still in Niger probably. Wow. Wow. And then uh, I was having 5,000 uh, 5, francs who still remain in, in my pocket, which is nothing less than le- less than five euro. It's nothing. <laughs> it's nothing. Nothing. <laughs> so. Uh, what am I going to do? So I was really blocked there. I can't take a car to go to Benin. 
um so i got start brainstorming the whole night that's i'm stuck there so all those guys will say ah wherever you want to go i said no way so just so i was I stuck there what am i gonna do yeah and i'm lost in this and this that was in a big city in Benin public so so therefore uh, finally i found one of the young guys there and i was watching all those guys analyzing everybody you know i got to use my brain uh uh story every so the one young guy was there called him i said listen don't you know where i can find a small hotel to sleep very very small hotel, not very expensive say yes i know but it's you can find a hotel with five thousand francs so i don't know i don't want a hotel with five thousand francs yeah, then you have nothing <laughs> else left <laughs> exactly so <laughs> so don't you know if hotel for two thousand i said no Oh, big brother, there's no hotel here for 2000 I said, listen, think again, think one more, use your brain and, and think. So he was there, he's looking at me, you know, say, well dressed, he said, what's going on with this, your brother? And, I was, oh. <laughs> and then he said, oh, I know, you know, an old man is um, the housekeeper and in, in, in for you know all these volunteer uh, german volunteers sometimes this house is empty maybe if i take you over there you may have an opportunity to have one room and mm -hmm. sleep for one night very cheap mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. okay so we took a taxi he drove me over there and the old man was so you know I, I was like his son so i told him my story so and so was so happy and he gave me one room so i was happy i you know room i can shower and so on so on and having a sleep and the next day it was like they call all those volunteers to come there so i mean the next day every all the the, the old house was full with all those volunteers so i gotta get out and to, to perform or, or what no they they're working there so they were oh, working okay, inside okay. the city so time to time to come in that place to rest now so, okay, uh, okay. Uh, so i gotta get out and the old man said listen he called me because he was having his small room behind say okay i have a um uh and match like yeah you can sleep in my room with me in, in the mattress so <laughs> that's how i was sleeping with the old man <laughs> then he, he was telling me the same story every day you know he forgot so he got um, you know somebody to talk to and and then yeah, we were sure I, did, I do the feeling <laughs> exactly so he would tell me all his adventure all the story the same story as we say yes 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 papa you yes yes and yes and so <laughs> I was there thinking, how am I going to get out of this place? <laughs> <laughs> to continue, I'm lost. <laughs> lost. <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I understand what you mean. <laughs> so, so uh, everyone was, then I have food, you know, every time when his family bring food to him, so we eat together, invite me to eat. Uh, so I was, I was not hungry, you know, that in those days, things were so fantastic. He treated oh, yeah, me like his own sure. son uh and i was in situation then uh, the young guy who came uh who drove me there i asked him to come the next day so the next day he took me to one uh, manager around in the town the only manager in the town we were doing some show with so uh -huh. i introduced myself and there was band and he took me to the band and said okay he was going to organize a concert so that you know get some money 
Then I would continue my way. Hey, buddy. <laughs> so when we started to re rehearse with the band, everything seemed fantastic. And this, uh, the, uh, I read me, I didn't forget the name of this guy. You know, all those big, great guys, you don't forget the name, you know? Oh, so, sure, sure. They, they got the, the manager name was Arimi. Uh, so he, he has this uh, musician say, okay, listen, guy, I'm going to Nigeria to bring Babasala. Babasala was one of the biggest um, um, comedians on those days, yeah, so I mean, very famous. I, I know the name. I, I wasn't yeah. really born, but I, like I remember my when I was growing up, this is a name which used exactly. to always, uh, exactly. always. Exactly. Babasala was very, very famous, very, very famous guy. So do you want me to give you uh you know advance uh of a lot uh, of the the deal they said no we know you in your brother so we trust you there's no problem so we started to rehearse uh i will tell you the poster everything was there everything was blasted everywhere and just a week before the show the drummer said oh my mom is sick so i gotta go and so i said listen let's finish the show then after you can go this guy, he said he has to go. I don't know if that was right or wasn't right. He left the band and then everything was canceled. Wow. I was like, what the hell going on here? So Arimi came. He was, he came uh, two days before the concert. So he thought everything is, uh, I said, listen, no concert. This is what's happened. It was like, what? I asked them if you got to pay them. They say no. They say yes. I said I was there. I said, you asked them, guys, what's happened? Yes, the other guy left. So he was also so disappointed. Then he said, okay, no problem. He took me from um, Natitengu. So that was the biggest, the second biggest city in from Benin Republic. He took me to Par uh, Paraku. Paraku was the village of the President Keruku. It was 100, almost 150 kilometers away from, from Paraku. So we were really, really in a forest, really in a forest, man. So I was, you know, I, I was, he found an accommodation to, in the house of his brother-in-law, who was also an army officer who was uh the godfather of president paraku because he put the president paraku in the army okay oh okay so i was living i was living in uh yes in a big house i was having food you know well done no telephone nothing so this guy left me there then he, he uh he there was also another band so he introduced himself it's okay i know those guys there so he introduced me to the band we started to rehearse over the band the same story happened the same story. One week before the show, uh, the drummer, another drummer, it's another not the same. Drummer, but it was again, the, another drummer again. The, the same what? story happened. Wasn't another drummer, not the same. No? I don't know. Then the drummer, yes, I gotta go. And I have to. So everything collapsed again. And during that period, the president um, Kerukou was then vacation. So was coming in the house where I was living because he was coming to see, you know, his godfather. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I was saying with this guy, I was, I was, 
you know, we were, we were sitting like uh, just each other like, talking. And I was saying to myself, if I had an opportunity, I could have made it show in front of this the president again. The president, and yeah, and, yeah, and uh, so he left. They were having a, a meeting of, uh, you know, a meeting for CDIO president and so on. But so other things happened that he came with her daughter, was having one daughter called uh, Yulan Keruku. And so when this girl saw me, she got really crazy. She didn't oh. want to go with the dad. <laughs> Then I saw her myself. I said, Basho, don't touch this lady. Don't dare touch it. <laughs> so I really put a barrier. So she was doing all she could to, you know, um, to attract me to, you know, I was like, she doesn't exist. Okay. Because if something happened to you, yeah, nobody knows exactly where you are. It is oh, yes, <laughs> so, yes, sure, and, sure. and I stay in that rules. Uh, so this became a very story uh, in those days. You know, people knew that she was. It was like Yuran Kuruku was running after Basho. So I mean, it became a very popular story. Story <laughs> in many public. Well, so I was there. You know, men weeks are passing no news from this guy the only way to connect is i have to write a letter i have to give this letter to one of the driver and say okay ask him please could you go and drop this letter to this guy please no phone no nothing that's always i was there for three months you could not imagine three months it was like it's like three years an eternity <laughs> so uh, all the farmers will go to the to, to the farm i was still alone guarding i was like i was guarding the village Wow. <laughs> you know, no attraction, nothing. So I was, okay, but I shall cool down, calm down. So I have to reset my mindset, my mind, my mindset and mm -hmm. say to myself, okay, mm -hmm. just consider you're on vacation, <laughs> you yes, see. Yes. So take it cool and take it, oh, it's easy. Tell the times come where you will get out from this place. Mm -hmm. And it took almost four months. And then one day, I received a letter that was an envelope with 30,000 francs inside. And uh, uh, Arimi, no, he, he sent me the letter. He said, okay, try to organize another show and maybe you get some money, more money, and quit out of, get out from that place. Then I sent a letter back to him. I said, thank you so much. You're so kind, but I'm not going to organize anything. Any other I'm sure. going to use that money. <laughs> to leave this place to, to, to get out of that place and so i was still trying to ask people how am i gonna get out from here to i wanted to go to uh Burkina faso um and then they would just start to tell me yeah you gotta take this small taxi and then they will drop you another town and from there you get another i mean i was in the forest bro so yeah i don't know if you you could imagine what's happening I'm just trying to so speak you got, a little bit, uh, you, you know. You, I, I, <laughs> and, and I have to, yes, I have to make up my mind. So I went there, asked the drivers, uh, took all the information. So I took it at the road, say goodbye to everybody. And we drove the whole night, all night in the forest. You don't know what's going to happen until the next day I arrive in another city in Togo Republic. And then from there, I got again into another transport uh public transports that will be driving to go to uh, Wagadougou. 
So in that transport, I was sitting just nearby uh, another band. You know, we we start chatting, chatting. He was uh, a teacher, and I told him an artist. Oh, you're an artist? I say yeah. So I was telling him where I'm driving to. Uh, then they said, okay, you can sleep in my place uh, before, wow. and then you drive because we're gonna arrive very late. And that's how we we did. So I arrived there. He welcomed me to his place, and then he wanted me to stay again. He said yes, I would love to organize a concert. I said this thing. Yeah. I can't continue my way because I've already had a, a lot of experience with this kind of story in my way. You know? <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe a third drum I was going to, to exactly, to <laughs> exactly. So, so uh, the next, the next day, uh, he accompanied me to the gas station. Then I took my way arriving uh, to Wagadugu. So when I arrived to Wagadugu. Uh, I was searching for a job, you know. So as I told you, uh, I was asking where where's some club with bands. So they directed me to one club in the band. So when I arrived there, the, and the owner of the club wasn't there, but the body that was there. So I, I introduced myself, said the keyboard. Yes, we, we need a keyboard player. So I started to perform a rise with them. And we start performing. Then I say, okay, so where's where's your boss? Because I have to discuss. I now have to know how much I got paid. Mm -hmm. uh, then he said, okay, don't worry about that. So I did it. Work for one one more. So when the times came that we got to go and get our you know hey. salary uh, pays so we went to a guy one guy's place uh this guy yeah was having a lot of stuff among all of them he was the owner of petrol station and so on mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. we were sitting in a one small room so he was calling one person after another so everybody was going inside to get his own own group uh so when my turn came so i went inside say hello sir he didn't even dare to you know to house or to look at me it was like i'm not assisting he just took an envelope and just you know uh, handed it to you handed it to me uh so i said i was still staying there and opened the envelope then count the money you know <laughs> so <laughs> I count on the money was 25,000 francs inside the envelope. Then I asked him, is it all? He said, yes, it's all. You take it or you, you leave it. What? I said, okay. okay. I take it because I work for it. I <laughs> say, I'm going to take it because I work for it, but I'm going to leave your job. Then I went away. I arrived there, I told the, the other musician what's happened inside. I said, listen, guy, this is what's happening. And so this is the story. The guy asked me what's the old money is paying. He just told me, I either take it or leave it. So I said, okay, I'm going to take it because I work for that, but I'm going to leave the job. So from now, I'm not going to perform with you guys anymore. Oh, sure, you know. What I do is very tough. I say, you're going to suffer here. I say, hey, guy, I know. But do you know where I came from? Uh, they have no clue. No clue. <laughs> really no I clue. Say, <laughs> I say, I'm going to find my way, but I'm not going to work with this guy anymore. That's all. And I went away. I was living with, uh, you know, I had a room uh, roommate. Uh, we're having uh he was having an apartment so i have another room with him a very young guy from guinea 
uh, it was French, half French, half the mom, father was French and the mom was from Guinea. Uh, and I told him the story. He said, hey, hey, Basho, listen, don't worry. You have your knowledge and nobody gets to gonna take it away from you. Mm -hmm. He said, I'm quite sure you're gonna find something else. I said, thank you. And then I started to walk around, you know, looking for another job, walking around, um, going to make prospection. You know, I was going to go to sure. make prospection. So, and I arrived uh, in a piece of old by from French. Uh, and, and I got inside and I told them, listen, uh, I'm looking for a job. So, what are you playing? I said, I'm an artist. I play keyboard. And uh, <clears throat> The man say, "Oh, I'm, I just need a guitar player who will play around the table and so on." Then I say, "Okay." Uh, in that case, I have a friend of mine who is a guitar player. I will let him know, and if mm -hmm. he can give me a business card, I will send him. Yeah, so he mm -hmm. can start working for you. But I'm a keyboard player. I don't play guitar. I mean, I play guitar, but I'm not getting that good to come and play guitar or play guitar. So it's not my instrument. Then uh, the wife was was there and she said oh we have a small keyboard yeah i said oh you have a keyboard see she said yes i said can i see your keyboard so they brought a keyboard then i sat on sort of keyboard i started to play and the wife said to the husband hey sherry i think the keyboard you know it's, it sounds very good i prefer him to play on the keyboard <laughs> And, and, and so from there, I started to play the keyboard. You know, the 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 the, the man changed his mind, so I started to perform <laughs> there with their own keyboards. <laughs> I mean, I mean, this is really great. That means at times, to you know, just to draw a little bit uh, uh, an analogy, you know, uh, at times uh, in in life, you 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 are heading for a certain direction, and but yeah. at the point in time, it turns out, you know, circumstances, you know, turn out to sh to to. To, to prove you to take, I mean, just to give you some kind of other myths which you have to embrace. And I, yes. I really think that in the entrepreneurial uh, uh, journey, because here in this channel, we are more or less promoting entrepreneurship in the African scene. And for us, young, the young generation, the young Africans who are coming up, the, the, the entrepreneurs and all those people wanting to make the step in their careers. Or in if you want to work directly with the AfroTalent Accelerator team and receive personalized coaching or feedback on your investment project in Africa, don't hesitate to reach out to us today. Apply now on our website at AfroTalentAccelerator.com or send us a direct email at info at AfroTalentAccelerator.com. Join our community and be part of the movement driving Africa's entrepreneurial success stories. Your businesses, I mean, at times you go through hardships because I can see it from your journey, you know. You're exactly. always being able to, to adapt, to reinvent yeah. yourself, no matter the situation. Exactly. Yeah, but the most important thing is also, you know, you, you see what's happened in a way. Uh, you you have also to be not not all, to be such. You shouldn't be selfish. Mm -hmm. You see what happened that particular moment when they say they need a guitarist. Okay, my mind went immediately to okay, they need yeah. a guitarist. I have yeah. a friend sharing of so resources and yeah, of course. So this job could be fine for him. Mm -hmm. So I told them okay, no problem. So. You, I know somebody that you can do what you want. I mean, even so, if you were in need, you know, you didn't try to. It, that's really exactly. That's good. Exactly. Because if even if I'm in need, I have to open the door for somebody else. Oh, so sure, there's a door. Sure. 
there's a possibility for him to get a job. So I got fun. So I got sending there. He's gonna he's gonna make it. So I mean, the open mind and be kind for everybody because what you expect to come to you, but you have to also uh, open the way for other people to you know to sure, get the opportunities. Sure, sure. Oh. Uh, and this is for me. This is really important not, not to be selfish. Just thinking about yourself and other things that I had in my in as a principles in the band. But I had a principle that no matter how good I am, if there's a musician, I mean, there's a keyboard player in the band and they want to take me in the place of that keyboard player, I would say no, because I don't want to take a place of somebody else. Somebody else, that's so, great. So yeah. it acts all in like that. So if I we have a keyboard player, we want to change him. I said, no, I'm not going to change him. I want an empty place for myself. Yeah. I don't want to push people from their job because I want to get that place. I don't do that. It's not part of my life or my education. That's really great. I mean, so, um, and there, could you imagine how much I was, uh, I was earning from 25,000, I was earning 80,000 from. Whoa. Whoa. I mean, that, that, I mean how, how did you, like, how did you feel at the time? Because that was much money for you at the time, because. <laughs> yeah. I, I felt like, okay. Uh, I, I, I can see how I can sell myself, the value, how people who have um, some certain level of understanding, they can value me because I didn't ask for the money. They say, okay, this is what we can pay for you. They offer that for me. Oh. So I can see how they can value me. You see? Mm -hmm. So, and this shows you how people with value, they will always value you. There's this one thing that you got to understand. People with no value, they will undervalue you because they see you as they see themselves. This is simple. So mm -hmm. you got to find a way to um, find the right people who value you, who, you know, they can know the, your value, you know, the value of the person you are, but also the value of what you bring, of your knowledge. Oh, and this is really important. So now, now, now in the business, in the let me let, let's just get it to, to the business part of it uh, um, aspect. You know, I think your advice is really crucial. Uh, if you are, say, uh, an entrepreneur, you have a business, you're selling maybe a physical product or even a service. I mean, you have to be able in your marketing strategy, you have to be able to identify the potential clients, the exactly. potential uh, people who are going to value your product. Exactly. You can and get the most them. out of it. Yeah, that's really exactly. And, and target them. This is really important. If not, you will go into trouble, you know. Yes. So um, from that particular moment, I was having some save. And then from that save, you know, my my vision was still, I have to recall. Mm -hmm. I have to, you know, I have to release my recording. I have to... Yeah, I'm not just uh, in St. Paul in that, you know, I'm a, not a composer. So from there, there was uh, there were a studio uh, and other things that it was great now, that I met all those old. Now, this this is the this is the part where uh, you started, you, you became a, a sound engineer because at the beginning you weren't. And somehow no, you... even 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 not now, not not yet. OK, not okay. yet. No, no, not yet. 
Uh, this part, I was still going in the studio, you know, paying all stuff in the studio. They do everything. As I was saying, so uh, from there, I started to, um, you know, plan the recording. And uh, I invited the, those friends to try to come and, and do the recording with me. And uh, unfortunately, when they came, this really sabotaged the, <laughs> the recording. And I was so disappointed after listening to what what we recorded and so i asked them listen guys are you really sure that this is the way you you play the music you know this is the way you perform and i said oh, oh if you pay us again then we will come and record again i said okay what? i got a message yes <laughs> <laughs> so the money wasn't enough <laughs> it's, it's right. so I said, I said okay i got a message so from there i was so disappointed and um frustrated and I said to myself okay this is a lot of experience right now with musicians mm -hmm. I start to start thinking from that particular moment how I can record a lot and show them that you know I'm able to continue um, you know uh, yeah I mean fulfilling my dreams and following my dreams without uh, you know so people so i left from um uh, Burkina Faso then i went to Ivory Coast i landed to Abidjan okay so when i landed to Abidjan uh in Abidjan i really the next day i got a job at um um Caban Bamboo okay was that a <laughs> hotel Bamboo. or that was it. No, it was a club. Caban okay. Babu was very okay. famous club in those days, you know, Caban Babu. Oh, so, so, so the guys who are today, I think, uh, like uh, above 40 or above 50, uh, what do you think? That's it. They will know about it. Uh, okay. 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 I arrived in Caban Babu. Then the next day, as I said, I got a job. So I was performing at Caban Babu. Mm -hmm. And then from Caban Bamboo, um, I didn't stay that longer. I got another job with the brand with Caban Bamboo at Deux Plateau. So we have we're performing in another piano bar. And then from there, I was um, requested to go and perform with another uh, band. We were playing at Son de Guitar. It was always in, in Plateau. Okay. And then Sony Guitar, there was a, a guy, you know, uh, who was was owned by a French guy from, of course, uh, <laughs> Tonton Jano. That was another story. I gotta make it short. Yeah, you know. <laughs> You'll probably come back again to the show because your life exactly. is a lot to unpack. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, and, and, and Tonton Jano, yeah, we had another, another story, a very long story with Tonton Jano. So, definitely. From that moment, uh, we got again another job uh, in Wafu Hotel. Mm -hmm. Wafu Hotel was newly built. You know, I don't know if you see the Wafu Hotel. It was very, very famous. It was newly built. It was no owned. Idea. Uh, yes, it was owned by Awusu Kofi, the neighbor of the president Wanyi of uh -huh. uh, And then from there. I, even from Son de Guitar, there was a piano. So, so for, for that particular moment, I was in contact with a real piano, you know, before there was a keyboard. That was, I was playing mm -hmm. a keyboard. Mm -hmm. So I was in contact with a real piano, real mm -hmm. uh, acoustic piano. 
uh, and then we, we moved to go to um, Wafo Hotel, and then in Wafo Hotel, there were so many pianists in the city uh, at uh, no in the plateau, uh, also Cocody uh, Deux Plateau at Hotel Ivoire. So really great piano work, pianists, just solo pianists were coming there. So I was going there to you know to look at to listen to this guy, and from that particular moment, it became clear for me that. I want to play that instrument, I mean, oh, the grand piano. Sure. Uh, so I started to inform myself, asking them, hi guys, so how, do you manage to play in reaching that level? Oh, you have to go to school. Oh, I have to go to school for this. They say, yes. Don't you have any book you can advise? You know, I can practice. So oh, I forgot. So everybody was trying to hide it. You know, they were yeah, hiding. Yeah, sure. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, and then I, was, I started to, it became, and I was still playing with the band, but I really wanted to to, to play the piano. So how am I going to do that? Uh, in the band where I had a, another uh, home guys called Victor, who passed away today, and I was he was reading the music. So it became clear that I have to read the music. Uh, because I felt like, okay, I'm I stuck somewhere i'm yeah i can you move i can progress anymore. progress anymore uh so i was asking them so guys it's, it's plain me because you know reading the notes of the music was like okay it was so what's that what's what's going on there so they explain ah oh, this is solace how do you know this is solace it's not rated yes but the notes here yeah, of the viewer pipeline so they explain everything oh. to me said, okay um, so until this so, level you couldn't read i went no nah, i couldn't read i was oh, still totally autodidact uh but even i mean autodidact without reading yeah i'm still an autodidact but i was not able to read so from that moment they advised me some small books how to read notes and so on so i stay home start to check all this thing with all this information i got so i took a sheet of music uh very not complicated sheet of music so i you know learned how to perform that sheet of music so i asked my friend is, is that correct they say yes it's correct that's correct so how do you do it i said uh, so i read eyes alone and practice so i said okay it started to become clear that i can go over that and uh as so i was Training. I was teaching myself at home. Then I decided, okay, I want to go to the conservatory at the Cocody, uh, Cocody de Plateau um, to make sure that you know what, what I'm doing. I'm in the right track. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I went. I went to you know to register uh, to the conservatory, and uh, from the first class they make me jump the second from in the first year the second class and the second class I was in the third class same year wow so when when i arrive in the third class i have a great professor professor uh yassi the father of marceline yassi and uh, all the family yassi you know they, they did a great great stuff in the music and, and every course mm -hmm. he was a trumpeter he was himself a very great trumpeter so he noticed that you know there was a student in his class who was a little bit special mm -hmm. <laughs> so one day after the class, he called me. So I got inside his uh, office. So I was sitting there and said, Are you a professional? I said, Yes, sir. Then he said, What are you doing here? 
So I told him the whole story. Mm-hmm. After listening to my story, he said, listen, don't stay here. Go back home and continue working the way you're working. If not, away from my touch view. So, oh. wow. So I follow his advice. Went back home, continue working, 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 sir. But still, I was performing in between the work hotel, and I had a client who were coming there, an Italian guy who was owning a, a, um, an uh, ice cream store. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, you know, it was just not far away. Uh, so this guy told me, listen, Basho, you can come with smoke. You, you, I was having a small keyboard, so you can come with your small keyboard during the weekend, uh, during the day, and make some more money. You come to my place, perform there for two or three hours, then I pay you, mm-hmm. so you make extra money. I said, okay. Mm-hmm. So I was going there performing, making some extra money during the day. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) And so one day I was there performing, and a young guy, same age like me, just there, came in. He was, uh, yeah, half half, uh, Belgian, and the mom mom was a boy. So Mark, Mark, he popped in. Very, very confident. You know, he was so confident. can I play a little bit? I said, of course. So I stand up and let him sit, sit down. And I was standing just near him, looking at him performing. He was performing. So I was looking at this guy. I noticed this guy. He has a different fingering on the piano, like okay. uh, mine. So I was there looking at him, performing, performing. Then after three songs, he said, stand up. I said, okay, I'm done. I said, okay, thank you. Then he came to me and said, do you know Hanon? I said, no, I don't know Hanon. Oh, if you don't know Hanon, you cannot be a pianist. Wow. Okay. So uh, just to situate the subject in its context, Hanon is a method of playing piano, right? Exactly, okay. exactly. Then I, I said, who's that Hanon that if I don't know him, I, I, I cannot be a pianist? Mm-hmm. Then he said, oh, but that's a method. Mm. So I make a connection with his way of playing and his fingering, and he's talking about methods. So my next question was, did you study that method? He said, yes, of course. And make it more clear again in my brain. Then I said, do you know where I can, you know, buy that method? Then he said, I have two. I said, what? You have two? I said, yes. He said, I have two. I said, okay, could you send me one? If you have two the same, you don't need two the same. The yeah. same book, two, twice. I said, so you could send one to me. He said, yes. I said, okay, how much is it? Say 5,000 francs. I said, okay, bring it right now for me. I'm, I'm going to be again, I still have two more hours here. So if you could bring it right now, I'm going to pay it. He said, okay, no problem. So he went. Then 45 minutes, more or less, he came back with that book. I have still have that old book. <laughs> still here. Wow. wow. And... That was the book I needed to be what I became today. Wow. So Shout out when to I bought this, this young man at the time, Mark, wherever you are today. Exactly. So oh, when I got that book, went back home, then I started to read the, on the prefix of the book. And when I was reading, it said, you need 10 years to become a pianist. I said, what hell? <laughs> 10 years for this, this time. <laughs> I was like, 
I'm going to spend 10 years. I mean, the small book, tiny book. So I'm going to spend 10 years on this, in this book. I was like, no. 10 years a lot. In the same, on the other hand, I need to be a great pianist. So I got a story that book. Mm -hmm. So during my brainstorming, you know, I was brainstorming, brainstorming. And I took the book again, then start reading again. Ten years, you see. Ten years. No, no, not ten years. Then I said, oh, one day I was, you know, this matter of ten years, spending ten years in that book was, you know, it was still <laughs> really, really uh, taking all my attention. It was like occupying my mind. And then one day I said, okay. So they said ten years by practicing four hours a day. This means if you do if I, hours a I day, it's five years. If, if I double the time of work, it's gonna be five years. Yes. So it's feasible. But by then, by the time I have two young kids, okay. I was married. Mm -hmm. Then I was working five hours in, at the Sofitel in, Coco, wow. in the plateau, uh, in plateau. So if you, so you can imagine, we, 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 all, have, <laughs> we all have 24 hours. So <laughs> if you have time to spend with my kids, then uh, with a woman uh, and then go to perform But you know, from, I was living at, uh, um, could, you know, my uh at just the, near the boulevard, uh, uh, I think that the boulevard Jusqu'à Destin, dans ma uh, in that place of Macori. So it takes me almost one hour to get from there to go to work. So two and four is two hours. So seven hours I spend just to go to perform. To perform, yeah. Then I need four, eight more hours <laughs> no to time. practice. I need to sleep. <laughs> and I need to sleep, but that's what I did. That was clear that that's the only way I can make it. Mm -hmm. So I make a timetable. I was very, very focused to respect that timetable to have between five and eight hour practice every day. Wow. I say every day. So it was an obsession. Mm -hmm. It was really an obsession. So I started with this book. So in the beginning, you know, I, I more, almost had 10, uh, almost yes, more or less 10 years that I was playing keyboard with my, and my own personal fingerprint. And I have to correct everything. Yeah, that's now right. I have to. It's like rebirth, re, re, and a rebirth in music. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So I was fighting myself for almost six months, really fighting myself getting annoyed with myself getting insulting myself because i couldn't make it so i was making mistakes then so but i kept doing i said you gotta do it you gotta make it you mm. so i keep on working i was having a lot of pain in the muscle but i said you gotta do it so after six months i start to feel oh i'm taking over 
Oh, the old habit. The old way, yes. Exactly. I'm taking over. Then it was like, okay, very encouraging. So keep on pushing, pushing, pushing. After two years, I felt, felt like, okay, when I was performing, the other pianist would say, oh, Basho, what are you eating? I said, oh, guy, <laughs> now I got a secret. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were hiding the soft. Now I got a secret. I'm going to show you. And then, yes, I started working back. Five years, I was, my level was oh i can really oh, play all the big sure. stuff you know when i put my fingers that I, then i had that personal satisfaction you know so yeah. i said yes yes guy yeah results. so, so uh, that that's i can see the result you know yeah. so after that um i created uh because and i landed here in europe because my in my mind it was clear that i don't want to come to europe to start learning there, there would be no time so i wanted to be here when i will arrive here had a job start you know be good enough to yes. start you know, you know get inside the gigs and continue performing and that's what i did so so, so I, mean, I mean so now now you left uh, uh just to round up a little bit the episode of uh you your journey in africa i really want yeah. us to really go deep because this is where the the man behind the artist you know the man exactly. behind the artist was built this journey in exactly africa. Because exactly. when you came into Europe, I think you arrived uh Belgium, if I'm not mistaken, in the nineties. Exactly. And you yeah. were already kind of you had a, you already had a name in Africa, right? So Yes, um, of course. So I mean, uh, in Africa <laughs> before leaving uh, Africa, so I in Africos, as I was saying, so in Africa before leaving Africos, I decided to record alone. You see, I decided to and then the technology where the revolution in, in musical technology was really uh, going on. Uh, mm -hmm. And then we had uh, like, uh, you know, all this drum machine. Uh, we had a synthesizer called the famous one in those days was called uh, the uh, uh, FX, you know, the, the K7, something, something like that. It was this Roland, I think so. Mm -hmm. The X7, the X, X7. Uh, and so you, you have a lot of range of pack uh, of music, keyboard, piano. So I mean, all those things. You have all this, you know, bunch of package of, of uh, instrument that you you use on the only synthesizer to make the orchestration. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, I had a project to record my first vinyl. That was a vinyl. It's called Modesty. Mm -hmm. And with this vinyl um i had a first guy who wanted to produce me called uh jacques trabrussi was a uh, football player and then suddenly he said okay listen Basho, i'm sorry i got another problem so i already paid three days on the studio i'll let you continue so you continue doing everything so so mm -hmm. thank you so that's how i became producer you know because <laughs> <It was, laughs> so, so, because i the project was there, i have to I have to continue with the project so yes. i went to, and the day when i arrived in the studio i was alone <laughs> okay <laughs> and i remember i still remember this uh, this french guy called jean pierre he was the owner of the studio he was i was living in a big yard and you know was there so smoking the pipe uh, and, and then i arrived I said, good morning. Um, I said, good morning. So he was there walking around, smoking his pipe, waiting, you know, waiting. Then after 10 minutes, say, he came to me and said, uh, Où sont les autres? I said, il n'y a pas les autres. He said, oh, <laughs> he, he was laughing. He called his wife, Chérie, Chérie, viens ici. Viens voir ce prétentieux. 
<rire> so the wife came. Et c'est, regarde-moi ce prétentieux, il prétend qu'il va faire l'enregistrement tout seul. And the wife looked at him and she said, vous n'avez pas encore commencé à travailler. And she went. Oh. And the guy was there, standing, smoking, smoking. So after he said, okay, let's go to the studio. So we went inside the studio. Mm -hmm. uh, then, then he said, uh, on commence par où? <laughs> I said, okay, uh, uh, let's start with programming the, the drum machine. Uh, have this rhythm, I need a sample phone rhythm. Uh, so we started programming the drum for the start of the first song. Uh, then I said the next song. So we did made the programmation of the five songs I, I was supposed to record. And I said, okay, how many tracks do you have in the studio? He said eight. I said, okay, I need two tracks for voice. I need two tracks for drums. I need one tracks for um, um, vocal, uh, two tracks for uh, keyboard and one track for uh, the bass. Mm -hmm. So everything was settled. So we said everything. And then we start with the, um, I don't know, Inichala, the famous, the famous song Inichala. So we started with the famous Inichala. Uh, and, and then when we started working, I see the guy actually just really change, start to cooperate, you know, because I we're mean, going you, so fast. You convinced him, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we were going so fast. In one day, the five tracks were in a box. Wow. One day, the five track was in the box. And then I had a slow, very slow sound there. He was saying, okay, I have a friend who plays the guitar. We come and put you the guitar. Yes. Oh, welcome. So from the pretentious, uh, I was treated. Uh, um, other musicians were telling me he was using my tape, you know, like wow. a reference. Like a reference. You know, so, oh, and like a reference. So, you know, a musician, when he comes in, the dates spend time chatting, yes, spending time. Yeah. So, so nothing will happen. So one day something's happened like that. So the guys were telling me the story. Then they almost all day, they, you know, they, they, they did nothing. So he said, hey, listen, guy, I'm, I want to show you something. I want to, you know, to listen to something. So he went, he took my tape, then he put the tape on. He said, please, guys, listen carefully what's happening here and tell me how many musicians are performing inside. And so they, they started listening to my track and then so there are many years, minimum five musicians or eight musicians performing inside and say, no, it's one guy person. who came here, say, one person, he came here in one day, five track was, wow. five <laughs> track was in a box. So wow. we've been spending the whole day today. Wow, <laughs> <No>. wow. <laughs> yeah. So from the potential start, I was free that, yeah, I became a reference. And, and now you uh, became the reference. So, 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 but uh, Mr. Mr. Basho, that really shows how resilient you have been in your journey. And I mean, it's just a, a, a way to demonstrate that when one has the will, there is always exactly. a way. So exactly. just to be conscious a little bit more here about um, the time, um, I, I want us to, to talk a little bit more because we've been talking more or less about your journey in Africa and then when you, you, you landed into Europe and uh, uh, more or less the, 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 the artistical part of, of the person, you. But now, 
what about the showbiz part? You know, because um, you also had a lot of awards throughout your career. In 1999, uh, for example, in Cameroon, you were awarded the best song of the year, best artist of the year with uh, um, uh, the famous hit Lo Yon Me. So yeah. uh, you got another award again, I think, in the USA, uh, where yeah. you awarded, uh, if I'm not mistaken. A Los, a Los, a Los Angeles. Yeah, with exactly, my song. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, exactly. The, 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 the Burst Laden song, you know, with uh, exactly. Samba, Samba, exactly. So, Samba, Mac- yeah, yeah. Samba exactly. Makosa, Samba Makosa. So now, and you collaborated with a lot of famous, I, I mentioned it at the beginning of the show. So now, just tell us a little bit. Now, I just wanted to. To, to switch a little bit to the showbiz, you know, the showbiz, the artist. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, let's start with Lo uh, 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 Young Man. That is a, a hit which, uh, personally, my parents, they have, they, they, they have danced on this hit. And, okay. Uh, where, <laughs> so, the, the Lo Young Man. Oh, that, that's another, that's a long story. You know, we, I think we got to do, I don't know, maybe hundred of episodes. To, to, to talk. I will make it short. I will, I will, I will make it very really short. Just, just, you know, just when, make it when, short so we can have some. Yeah, pretty some, short. Some, so when I arrived okay. here, uh, this Cleoma was one of the songs that I recorded and I recorded in, uh, you know, released in this uh, cassette, you know, cassette, the tip, tip. So uh, when I arrived here in Europe, you know, I my project was to have my home studio. So I brought a lot of stuff have my personal home studio so that I could work, you know, freely and doing. So I recorded. So it came in my mind that that track wasn't well recorded. It wasn't well developed. So I decided to make a hit with that and make that you know rearrange it and make it a hit. Um, so I started working it, and that track, that, that was a track with uh, my album Africa Star, it was a track with 12 uh, Tad inside. And I had a co-producer, uh, with that co-producer, he was having a big big studio, so I went over there, recorded everything in, in, in the big studio. So when, after the recording was done, they chose another track to make the promotion on it. I said, no. I told them, no, listen, guy, this is the track we have to make a promotion. So I was, they were all against me. <laughs> they, all of them said, no, we got to choose. I said, I told them, this is the hit. Wow. And that's the track we got to make a promotion on that, on it. So finally, they say, okay, <laughs> we're going to make promotion on that loyal man. And that's how we made a video clip for a year in Brussels. Uh, and then, when this song was released it just went as i said before it just became a hit without it yes it just put a lot of money on that and uh yes uh, brought me to award the, the best singer uh, and also the best video clip uh and so that was like some kind of rewards you know and i feel very uh, honored so from that step that was a step where i decided to be my personal uh, sound engineer because uh, <laughs> yeah, and then I did all, all the stuff in between a lot of festival in, in France uh, in Belgium here um, it recorded many 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 albums just want to make it short short and then uh, it became a moment where you were asking me what inspired me that song so there's a story that because you know when i got married in abrikos uh my marriage got broken broken uh and and there was a very very tough moment so what i'm saying is 
uh, it's the sound sounds very happy, but the story is sad. So you know, and I, I had ability to to tell the sad story and happy music. So it's talking about all the suffer I had really when I felt everything was broken down. You know, when when you got in that you in that kind of situation, you broke down. So you need to find another extra uh, strength to to come out and to rebuild yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's what I did. And that's why I think that's what people feel in that sound. They don't. They don't really. Uh, there's something. There's a big story in there's behind. Something. So there's yeah, something. exactly. So after that, yes, uh, I decided in between because many people didn't knew I'm a great pianist. So, uh, you know, around 2010, 2011, so I was saying to myself, okay, I did a lot of stuff. Now I got to do something for my piano because the world have to know that. They see me like, like a singer. Yes, I'm a singer, yeah. but they don't know what is behind that singer. <laughs> and that's so, when in 2012, you decided to publish your first solo album, Piano Solo. Exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. So it became clear to me that, I, you know, before releasing an album, I have to meditate. I have to, you see, I have to brainstorm. What am I going to do? How am I going to do it? Uh, and for what reason I want to do it and the impact I want that to get around me and, and, and that's what I did so after everything became clear for me is uh, and the mighty God because you know what I always got to say is yeah, all during all my journey he has been protecting me and directing me you know oh, yeah, it's always sure. been around me sure mm-hmm. so um, I think I had a highlight how to do it and how I should do it. Then I was not having the budget. And then I had one of my friends, unfortunately, who just passed away uh, last year, uh, this Brazilian guitarist. So he took me to his another friend called um, Andre. And he was having a studio. And then when I arrived there with a the grand piano, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. so everything was just like gathered together. Uh, and then uh, I did, I entered to the studio and they asked me, what do you want? What's, what's your dream? I said, listen, I want to come here, record and let my heart speak. I don't want to prepare anything before. I really just want to get in the studio and I want everything to come out spontaneously. Mm-hmm. He said, how many days do you need? I said, two. And that's what we did. So two days, Andre, we booked the studio. I was inside the studio and then you know, everything you can hear, he listening to jazz and dreams was flowing out. Wow. We just flowing out. Wow. So after recording the jazz and dreams, I made some, you know, that was invited to perform to a private party for some friends from Canada, uh, Andre Saint-Saëns and my, my friend, uh, Mr. Gagnon, Denis Gagnon, who just passed away again, few, just in the month. Um, after performing to the party, they, you know, they invited me again to another party in the part and the company. They performed there, so we become we became very close. Mm-hmm. And they sponsored, you know, they sponsored some the the the, uh, the man, manufacturing part of my, you know, the city jazz. 
Okay. And then uh, in between, um, my friend uh, Denis Gagnon was asking me, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? Then I said, okay, if you have some contact, you know, to help to promote my album. So he called me, sir. Saint Saint, he told him, okay, open your door to Basho in Montreal. And that was the whole story. Wow. And then he took the CD. Uh, he came to me then after a month after, he said, okay, I took your CD and I went to see the director of the Montreal International Jazz Festival. I handled your CD and I said, listen to this carefully. Wow. And six months after, that was 2013, uh, he called me and said, listen, are you standing? I say yes. They say go and sit down. And so I went. I went to sit down. Say okay. <laughs> <laughs> you you are going to perform in the Montreal International Jazz Festival on the twenty eighth of June. Wow. wow. You gonna do the first part of um, Chicho Valdez. Whoa. Wow. So Chicho Valdez. Okay. That's the great Cuban pianist. Exactly. So, you know, I went back again, practice for almost the last of times I was over there. And the video can tell it shows that was a wonderful moment, you know. I gave the best of all I can to the Republic there. That's the summit. I can say really that's Exactly. (laughs) So, you see, from uh, the story, the step we take, and, and, and then the mountain got opened the doors, you know, opened the way, shows the way. Uh, and today, yes, that record, I mean, the, the Jazz and Dreams is, has been, um, it has been, yes, recorded in so many, many um, playlists uh, around the world, you know, so. Uh, it's just a big no honor oh when you just type Bashomuna and Jazz and Dream, you find me in a lot of upgrading. Yes, find like tw- 20, uh, you know, playlist, you know, yes. a, a collection with all great jazz players. Uh, and this is for me, you know, like, I mean, um, it's, it's an honor, not just, I mean, for me, you, you, you've accomplished what uh, very few. Uh, will ever accomplish, of course, and that's uh, you said it. You are a believer. Uh, the mighty God has His hand full in, exactly. in it. So, but but we are very very proud of you as well. I want you to know that the African Thank community, you so much. <laughs> for my personal humble voice, we are really proud because uh, when I am able to go to a place and I hear about you, knowing that that's this this african boy coming from a small village somewhere in cameroon <laughs> he's here representing and you have always been able to keep your cultural impact aspect in your music you sing exactly. in your local language and these are things which personally i say it's just an honor to have you today on the show but now before we conclude and as i said there is a lot we can really more unpack in your life this is just the tip of the iceberg um i will love to uh, uh link uh your links valuable links where people can really go to get more exactly. about, you, about your music uh, exactly. uh in the show notes but before we part i just want you in maybe one or maximum two three sentences what is a piece of advice which you would give to the young generation from your story, from your experience? Just a an entrepreneur, someone trying to have a better position in his job, someone just trying to go out through hardships in life. What is a piece of advice you can just give to this young African? So first thing is, I mean, they have to be honest with themselves. 
I mean, the honesty is one of the key. Uh, mom was telling me the education is will open the door for you or close the door, you know, lock them up to you. So this is the first thing. Be honest with yourself and be honest with other people. Respect yourself and respect others. That, for me, this is the first key. You know, be you're the same person. Uh, I still remember that I had a senior brother uh, from Lebanon who always said, Basho, toujours égal à lui-même. So Basho, always the same. So you got to stay yourself. You have to be constant because oh, people yes. have to know you the same. This, for me, that's the first key. The second one is you got to have an objective in your life. Mm -hmm. Make it clear because if it's not clear, you wouldn't you don't know exactly where you go so you focus on that you have a lot of struggle there you have to overcross them but you focus on the vision because don't expect to have end everything faster if you want anything fast you go and send hamburgers so and you you, you forgot about what you want to do if yes. you have a project you need a long vision and know that things takes time because you got to build yourself you're going to have a lot of obstacle on the way so oh sure, uh, sure. Uh, uh, and the the other the text one is respect people around you we are small don't think you're too big to order from other people learn from others and be involved okay so thank you very much be humble respect others and stick to the vision those are the words which uh, we are taking today and thank you very much again for giving us your time thank you for sharing your story it was marvelous inspiring and i'm really happy that we have been able to share this so uh, we will welcome you again in the future in the show and i'm just saying thank you very much and may god bless you bless your career and bless your entire family thank you so much to you do the same it should do the same to you and all the people who are listening to us right now oh, thank you thank so much you. i love you all thank you love to you love to you <laughs> ciao, ciao. Bye -bye. thank you guys that was the afro talent accelerator podcast thank Bye. you for tuning in to the afro talent accelerator podcast don't miss out on our upcoming episodes where we continue to bring you inspiring stories and actionable insights from the forefront of African entrepreneurship. Subscribe now to our show to stay updated on the latest and be sure to reach out to the AfroTalent Accelerator team to share your thoughts, suggestions and collaboration ideas.